Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Chad Johnson made his boxing debut last night in a four-round exhibition. He got knocked down in the fourth round. There was no decision, no winner, no loser. Apparently, none of the fights last night had winners or losers. I didn't know that before I decided not to purchase the fight. I'd have been pissed off if I'd have found out after buying the fight there weren't winners and losers. Agreed. I, Chad, I, I Chad Johnson uh, apparently will be continuing his boxing career. He, he ducked out. Adam Pac-Man Jones. We had reported that several weeks ago. <laughs> Pac-Man wanted to He ducked him. him. You don't want him. About that. Oh, I you love don't it. Want Pac-Man Jones. Oh, you I'm gonna, Pac-Man I'm gonna, Jones. next time I see Ocho Cinco, I promise you it's the first thing I'm going to say to him. You know, again, I, I know both of them uh, a little bit. And, you know, Pac-Man, as we've discussed, yeah, I wouldn't want to fight him either. I mean, we, I mean <laughs> Pac-Man, he's, 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 he's looking for reasons to fight. So, uh, yeah, I, w- I would back down from that too. As, as I probably have said in the past, I first became aware of the name Adam Pac-Man Jones because when he was a freshman up the road in Morgantown, he got into a bar fight and attacked someone with a pool cue. So, yeah, uh, watch the foreign objects if you're going to fight Pac-Man yeah. Jones. Yeah, he's got some stories. Uh, Watch the foreign objects if you're going to follow through with a pass. Don't bang your hand against a helmet. That's what Cam Newton did on Friday. Left early. It's a slight bone bruise, according to NFL media. Quite possibly we won't see him anymore in the spring. It opened the door for Mac Jones to come in and perform. And Chris, Mike Reese of ESPN.com pointed out that Jones badly missed some throws after that. And Jared Stidham actually looked pretty good I don't know what any of it means but one of Jones strongest suits is his accuracy and all of a sudden he gets thrust into the spotlight and the accuracy wasn't there no I'm not surprised to hear that I'm not you know again you get thrust into the spotlight oh wait now you're taking reps at maybe against the first team defense who's doing things some schematically that are a little more advanced than the second and third team defense you're facing against oh you're running a play that's you know hey, Cam Newton's been here. It's a little more advanced. You don't understand it quite yet. You weren't really supposed to run this today. You were supposed to run these plays, but now you got to do this. It's a little more advanced. He's off kilter there. It's not shocking to hear. And, like, this is the great thing about New England, Mike, uh, unlike other teams, too. 
they, they don't they don't script for success. They don't go like, oh hey, you know, we're gonna run this play on play four, and hey, defensive coordinator, can you play this defense so we can get a nice completion and get some rhythm going? They don't do that. The defense gets to call whatever they want, and they go execute the damn offensive play and figure out how to do that. And that can lead to some tougher times than, than most other teams on that uh, on the offensive side of the ball. So I wasn't shocked to hear that. I'm fascinated by the competition that yeah. is going to play out because it will be, as we've said before, something that is resolved based on merit. And I know, Chris, you've said that Bill Belichick likes to have one quarterback who leads the team. Yeah. But when you look at Newton and Jones, the skill set's so different. Right. Will there be temptation to make a decision week by week based upon the defense they expect to face? I, 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 I can't imagine Belichick doing it, but if anyone can pull it off, it's him. No, it is. I mean, again, it's like something I don't expect, but you never know what to expect with Belichick and the Patriots, and they're always well thought. If they were to do it, they'd have a real rhyme or reason to why they think it can work, and also realizing the two personalities involved in the situation would be able to make it work, too, and all of that type of stuff. So if they were to do that, they, they, they would have a real reason. But, uh, yeah, and at least in my history, I don't envision that. So we'll see where that goes. Uh, but I wasn't surprised to hear that. Cam Newton, throwing hand, hitting on a helmet, happens a lot. I would bet you that's the end of him through OTAs here. It's, you know, it can be hard to grip the ball once you bruise that hand like that. Indulge me on this, though, because yeah. I think for the Patriots, the season begins week four when Tom Brady comes to town. You've got the Dolphins. You've got the Jets. Right. You've got the Saints the first three weeks. Could we see Bill Belichick deliberately and strategically say – Mac Jones is getting one of those three starts. And then it's all part of the total evaluation to decide who plays week four when the Bucks come to town. I don't think so. I think he's going to want, like, his team full speed ahead, rolling, hitting on all cylinders. We know who we are. We have a planned attack behind one guy when it gets to that week four instead of, like, oh, we've done this good and we've done that good. And, okay, this one was a little bit better than that one, so let's start. I, to me, that's just not in New England's DNA. They're more about, we're going to build something. We're going to become really good at this. We're going to become so good at it that you're going to have to put more than, you know, one egg in that, you know, in that box to stop it. That's a Simsism, I think. Uh, but either way, you're going to have to stop. And then they go off of that. That's, to me, where... I think, you know, the beauty of New England is they kind of get an MO or identity to their offense and they make you stop that. And then their McDaniels gets creative off of that. And that, that's where I would envision it going. Yeah, I think one in the one egg in the box is up there with Megahorn today. Having, <laughs> yes, having, it is. I don't know what the hell I was trying to say there. <laughs> yeah, I, I never do. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we return. One of the disgruntled quarterbacks is back in the fold. It's not Aaron Rodgers. We'll discuss that when PFT Live continues right after this. Russell Wilson. Mr. Unlimited. Wow. Flying back into Seattle. Been working out in San Diego. Our Drew Brees was there with him at one point. What's so funny? There's nothing funny about him. He's <laughs> the one that coined that phrase. Mr. Unlimited. <laughs> You're funny. He's back. 
No longer limited participation in OTAs. You yeah. know, Pete Carroll. He's not limited to commercial flights either, apparently. He's just he, 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 he's limited he, to private planes. <laughs> he, he, he expected to uh, see more of the veterans as they got closer to mandatory minicamp. So, look, Russell Wilson, not happy. Russell Wilson, able to compartmentalize. He's not happy. There's a damn thing he can do about it. He's not holding out. He's not sitting out. He's not going to publicly jostle any more than he already has for a, a trade or anything else. But as as he as he walks back in, you know, a day after the Seahawks didn't trade for Julio Jones, there's a little awkwardness there. I still believe that the Seahawks had talks with the Falcons, if they indeed did, just to placate Russell Wilson. But uh, both Aaron Rodgers, who we discussed a couple of segments ago, and Russell Wilson can be saying, man, they're taking care of Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. They went and got Julio Jones for him. Not that Russell Wilson is in dire straits with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but uh, uh, Russell back, Shane Waldron, the offensive coordinator, they got work to do to get ready to try to hold this together beyond 2021, Chris. Yeah. I mean, it's a different situation to where – it, it's not. It doesn't seem like bitterness towards Russell Wilson and the organization or the coaches towards him. It's a little bit of like, yeah, we're just kind of sick of each other. But like, let's still go win. I'm Psycho Pete Carroll, and I'm gonna chew gum and let's go, let's go. And Russ, like, I never thought for a second he wouldn't be there at OTAs. Or you know, first off, he just he's the ultimate professional, and I think he's too into wanting to be great. And realizing, again, he's only got the one Super Bowl win and legacy aware and everything like that to where he's like, I'm not going to compromise my own legacy and how great I can be by just not showing up at OTAs and things like that. So I think he just looks at this as an opportunity to make himself better, the team better, which ultimately makes him better, look better, everything like that. And that's why he's there. Hyper-awareness of legacy means this is another opportunity. This is another roll of the dice. This is another spin of the dial. This is another season, season number 10 for Russell Wilson. And I still think there's a very good chance that this is his last season with the Seattle Seahawks. The fans don't want to hear it anymore. They want to focus on this year. They'll worry about next year when next year comes. I'm telling you, when next year comes, it very well could be. That, that it's Russell Wilson moving on, whether it's next year or the year after. I do not believe he's going to sign another contract with the Seattle Seahawks. I don't think they're going to want to sign him to a $50 million per year plus contract, which he's going to want, and someone is going to see and believe that they can make him into a Patrick Mahomes type of a quarterback. That team is going to make the Seahawks an offer that they won't refuse at some point. That's what I predict is going to happen, Chris. Yeah. I thought there was a chance it would happen this year. There's still a remote chance it happens this year. I don't think it will. Right. Next year is the hot spot. Think about that. Next year, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson both in play. That'll be and something. maybe the Sean Watson. If, we don't even know. Both yeah. of them end up changing teams. I still think there's a chance Watson, a better chance of the three, best chance Watson still changes teams this year. But yeah, yeah it could be. It could be that the Seahawks try to run out the clock another year with Russell Wilson because look, the more franchise quarterbacks are available, the less you're going to get for your guy. Yeah, I mean you're right about that, but. I just can't imagine. I mean, there's going to be a market for a guy like Russell Wilson. It's too damn good. I mean, it just is. I mean, even this year with all some of the stuff that you had to balance, and and really, I think the salary and some of that stuff is really the biggest issue. We know there was major players in the conversation for Russell Wilson. 
I mean, by all accounts, we know the Bears. They were seriously all in on these talks and everything like it. I just don't think it made sense for the Seahawks to do it yet this year either. So I'm with you. Like, I I would say there's no way he's on their football team in 2022, but it's not going to affect his work for 2021. I agree there'll still be a market, but you maximize it if you're the only guy. You don't maximize it if you've got Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers also available. Although, frankly, of the three, all factors considered – Russell Wilson would be my first He might choice. be the hottest commodity, right? Exactly right. Watson's got, you know, the off the field things, Rodgers up there in age and the stigma around him. Yeah, Russell Wilson, you just got to, you know, deal with danger Russ and maybe, you know, that that part of his image consciousness, but other than that, yeah, you're right. It probably is the safest one. Yeah, um I I uh I look, Aaron Rodgers may get you a Super Bowl or two. But Russell Wilson, if you can if you can manage his financial expectations and if he really can be a Patrick Mahomes type of a figure, if you have the offense run through him, he's going to be with you for, what, 12, 13 years. He says he's going to play until he's 45, and I don't think he's a guy who wants to jump around from team to team. I think he's going to want a second act that becomes the final act of his career. Yeah, I would agree with that too. You know, and and you know, again, it's it's nice that he says forty five. Do I know if that's realistic? I'm not sure if I believe that quite yet. You know, we got to get a little further down the road. But either way, to like your point, there's still like the end is is nowhere near in sight. You know, it's still like whoa, high level football play, special player, and. It's not going to fall off here anytime in, in the recent future. That's for sure. The, there's, there's no doubt about that. Do like I'll say this: Do I see a hair slippage in like his athleticism and things like that the last year or two? I'll say yes a little bit. When I watch him on film and things like that, I don't think he's quite as fast as he used to be. No, but I do think he's probably better in the pocket and making throws that way as compared to where he used to be too. That's where I'm like. I'm really excited to see what this offense, you know, with Shane Waldron, how it opens up, how it changes. Can they make him a little bit more dangerous? I want to see how it all works there in Seattle. I'm, I'm rather intrigued by it. That's for sure. I don't know what the statute of limitations is on pointing out a Simsism. Recent future. Recent I, future. Yeah, I know. You're right. That's another one. Yeah. 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 I think I've said we're, we're, that so many we times. Are, we are. I, I, you know, I've gotten emails about that one before when I've missed it. That time I caught it. Yeah. Uh, recent future. We, we've we've given what two for you and one for me today. That's the competition as we get into the final twenty minutes of the program. Let's go ahead and take a break. That gives us a little more time to do our draft for this Monday edition of PFT Live, where we take a look as we've been doing division by division, the best non-quarterbacks in each division. With Julio Jones going to the AFC South, Chris, we will do that. When PFT Live continues, the best non-quarterbacks in the AFC South. That's next right here. We'll be right back. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. AJ Brown, Titans receiver. Please excuse my language when I say this. You all done effed up. He he got what he wanted. He got Julio Jones. There's Derrick Henry. They got Ryan Tannehill. The Titans are suddenly even more of a force to be reckoned with. They were an AFC finalist just a couple of years ago, and uh, they could take it all the way to the Super Bowl. First time that franchise would have been there since the 1999 season when they almost beat the greatest show-offs on turf. All right, best non-quarterbacks in the AFC South. That's today's draft Chris we've done it with the NFC West we've done it with the AFC North and the NFC North here's the trivia question for you Julio Jones is 20th all time with 12,896 career receiving yards what tight end is ahead of Julio Jones as number 19 on the all-time receiving yardage list I knew this one because I was looking it up last week when I was checking out Julio Jones numbers. Do you know? Tight end ahead of Julio Jones and his 12,896 yards. Ooh, okay. So let me talk this out. I mean, the tight end's not currently playing right now. This is somebody that's retired, right? Tony Gonzalez has more than that. Wait, so there is somebody playing right now is what you're telling me? No, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. Mm. It's a guy that you have to stop and think, is he playing right now? Is he, you have to stop and think, is he playing right now? Damn, you're killing me here. Um, oh, well, it, Gronk is playing. All right. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Shannon Sharp. I'm wrong, though. But that's not a guy. That, yes. Who is it? Jason Witten. Oh, I would have not come to that. I did not get that through my brain there at any point. So it's that. Yeah, good clue, though. That was a good clue. Thanks. I, the only reason I would have known it is last week when we were talking about Julio Jones, I pulled up the all-time list, and I'm scrolling up, and I remember seeing J- oh, Jason Witten's got more receiving yards than Julio Jones. So, uh, you know, just kind of an underrated, take-for-granted guy who was just kind of there but has had an incredible career and could be destined for Canton by the time it's all said and done. Yeah. All right, best non-quarterbacks in the AFC South – if Derrick Henry is the best running back in the NFL, how can he not be the best non-quarterback in his division? I'm scanning over the names just to be safe. I will say Derrick Henry, final answer, best non-quarterback in the AFC South. Yeah, I, I don't I'm not I don't think you can argue that. I'm with you there. That's that's a good pick. I mean, damn, he's too good. That's the that's the first pick. The problem really is the second pick. That's where it's like there's a lot of teams or players here that are in the conversation for best, you know, not all right. I'm going to go with Quentin Nelson. I don't give a damn. I'm going with him. Wow. Yeah, I am. He's he's one of the best offensive linemen in all of football. 
He's the best guard in all of football. I mean, they're talking. They talked about man. We might move him out to tackle. I'm going to go with him. He's a force of nature. He's a phenomenal football player. I'll go with Quentin Nelson. Yeah. Hey, look. You know, it's easy to overlook an offensive lineman. Uh, when when they do their job well, we don't notice them. We notice everyone else. But Quentin Nelson's one of those guys, one of those rare offensive linemen. When he does his job well, you still notice him because he's putting guys on there. Yeah, ass. that's right. So uh, I, I I can't disagree with you on that one. All right, it does get very challenging it's after a, this. There's a lot tough. of great players. There is uh, a lot a lot of really good. That's but what not it great is. Players, right? In the AFC South, all due respect, I'll go to Force Buckner. I thought that would be your first. Yeah, that was who I force of nature. Yeah, pick from the uh, the trade. Excuse me, from the 49ers. He was great last year. Made that defense better, and and really Colts Titans. Man, watch out for as bad as the Texans are and the Jaguars possibly will be. Colts and Titans are going to be at the top of that division, and and uh, it, it, it's going to be some battles this year between those two teams. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, uh, yeah, that's who I was. I was split between, so I went with the big ugly on the offensive side of the ball. But Buckner certainly is in the running for that. I mean, he's a force of nature. Defensive tackle, defensive end. You know, the stats don't really tell the truth of how good he is. And we saw a little last year, right? He missed a game or two there, and their defense wasn't quite the same. So that, that's where, where it's special. All right, here we go. I'm, I'm going to go with Julio here. I'm going to make Julio the next pick. Yeah, I'm going Julio Jones here. Uh, you know, even though I know statistically it's, it's not as good as, like, you know, A.J. Brown and everything like that, I still think Julio's – a hair more special at this point of his career than A.J. Brown, who's a phenomenal receiver and I really love. Uh, but Julio, with that size, he still has game-breaking speed. Of course, the experience, there's really just not a weakness to his game, as we've discussed, other than is the health thing all where we want it to be? And that's that, that doesn't seem to be an issue for the Titans. So I'm going to go Julio Jones with my next one. Yeah, you know, he was destined to make it. It just is it's it's challenging to figure out exactly where, where? to right. drop him. Right. Um Wow. Oh boy. I, I'd go Bud Dupree here now, but we don't know about his health. I, I mean, know. You know That's a tough um one. I I I'll go with uh I'll go with Laramie Tunsil. Let's give the Texans a little love. Okay. Uh I think know, that's the right pick. Uh, yeah, I was the highest paid tackle in football until he got jumped by David Bakhtiari, who got jumped just a little bit by Trent Williams, a guy that they gave up a lot to get, and a guy who has to be looking around the locker room wondering where the hell did everybody go uh, in, in, in Houston. But uh, a, a rare bright spot in a team that's got a long way to go to be a contender. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he is. He's a rare bright spot. I mean, as I sat here and looked at this, I was like, man, is he going to be the only t uh, Texan guy that gets drafted here, really? You know, we'll see. But I, I think at the very least, you know, whatever you want to talk about his trade or what he's getting paid, either way. Laramie Tunzel is hands down one of the best pass-protecting offensive linemen in football. If not the best, you could put him in that. If I had an offensive coach go, oh, I think Laramie Tunzel's the best pass, I wouldn't go, oh, you're crazy. That's stupid. I can't believe you think that. He, he's worthy of, of that type of praise. So I'm with you there. I, I don't think that's that bad. All right. I'll go Darius Leonard next. I'm going to go Darius Leonard, middle linebacker. Even though, like, last year I did not think was, like, he killed it, killed it his best year as compared to, you know, the year before and the expectations he set that way. Uh, he's still, you know, an unbelievable player and your modern-day NFL linebacker. I mean, phenomenal in coverage, can fly around the field sideline to sideline. He's really a much-needed piece 
for that defensive system, which makes it go. So that's why he's so important, and he's a damn good football player. We, we have a list of possible options that Pete has compiled, and he's a smartass because there's a six-string tight end from Jacksonville that he's put at the very bottom. Of the list. I see, what you're, I see yeah. what you're up to, Pete. Pete's trying to stir it up a little bit. I'll go A.J. Brown here. Yeah. I mean, if Julio Jones is on it, A.J. Brown's not far behind him, and uh, we're going to see how good A.J. Brown is with Julio Jones there to take some of the heat away from a guy who who had had seen uh, John U. Smith leave in free agency, Adam Humphreys leave in free agency, Corey Davis leave in free agency. It was going to be the A.J. Brown one-man band catching passes. Now all of a sudden, it's A.J., it's Julio. It makes it easier for A.J. Brown in year three. And remember, there was a little rookie year. Yeah, It was close between A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. DK separated some last year, but AJ's still there. Definitely. I think I think we could be we could be talking about AJ Brown as every bit as good, if not better, than DK Metcalf after this season. I, I it's really close. It was really close, even just talking about AJ Brown and Julio Jones right now. You know, I, I mean I, I again I think if you took AJ Brown before Julio Jones, I would have been like, Oh wow, that's just egregious. How dare you disrespect? Yeah. I mean the guy the guy, I, I mean, I don't know. I just feel like every Sunday you turn on a game, A.J. Brown's going for a 50-yard touchdown pass, something like that. I mean, it's not like bull, bull crap, you know, oh, we got him a bunch of easy screen passes and throw like throws like that to pad his stats. I mean, look at this. It's 20.2 per reception year one, 15.4 last year. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. It's as big a play receiver as you're going to find in football. So, I don't know. As we sit here and talk, I go, man, maybe I should have took him over Julio. Maybe it's closer than I'm – or maybe he is better in the prime of his career that way. Um, Jeffrey Simmons will be my next one, Tennessee Titans. Jeffrey Simmons, I think after DeForest Buckner, is the best defensive lineman in the division right now. Simmons is a, a beast in the middle. Got, like – the power of a guy that's 330 pounds, but he's 305 pounds and has really good quickness too. So he's got like scheme versatility for the Tennessee Titans. That's important because sometimes they ask their guys to like two gap, hold the guy up and just disengage. Other times they just go, go through there like a, you know, a bat out of hell and fly through that gap. And he can kind of do both. He's a really damn good player to me. Yeah, look, that's a good pick. I thought about him earlier as well. We're looking at round five now. No Jaguars yet, and I will not be picking their six-string tight end, but I will be picking linebacker Miles yeah, Jack, good, the only guy good. left from that defense that was so dominant in 2017. They were on the cusp of the Super Bowl. And and Miles Jack is amazing to me because, remember, he fell into round two when he came out in the draft because his knee was messed up. And – he he's still finding a way to play at a high level with a knee that is far from 100%. And just think about how great he would be if he had both knees at 100%. So uh, a lot of credit for Miles Jack, and hopefully that team will become a contender while he's still there. I don't want him to become the Paul Puzlesny yeah, of this iteration right. of the Jaguars, who just as soon as he's gone, they all of a sudden figure it out. I hope they figure it out while Miles Jack's still on the team. Yeah, no. I, well, I mean, we got to see how special he was, like, as a second-year player. You know, hey, I mean, you talk about it all the time. They don't blow that whistle d down in New England. He's running up the sidelines, and it's see you later. Jacksonville and Blake Bortles are going to the Super Bowl. That's because, like, my, like I'm, I'm glad you picked him. Uh, you know, Miles Jack is – he's one of the best defensive players in football. 
and he could be my middle linebacker any day. Uh, I got a man crush on him. I love watching him play, and you're right. I mean, he's battled some of the knee history and things like that, but, man, he's explosive as hell, and, yeah, he's kind of stuck in a, in a tough situation there. All right. They'd have been up 17 points yes. with 13 minutes left. Ooh, against that AFC defense? Yeah, game. I know. That's. I mean, I'm not going to put anything back behind, you know, past Brady and Belichick, but that would have been tough. Um, man, you know, we still have Taylor Lewan and Bud Dupree on the board, and they're both worthy of being top. Like, I think our their injuries have affected us here. They're, they would have been picked already. I'm going to go with Bud Dupree right, right here. Yeah, I don't know if he'll be 100% to start the season. He probably won't be. But, you know, week 8 or 10, he will be. And he is, like, without question, one of the best edge defenders in the game. He's a great pass rusher, but he's more than just a pass rusher, too. I mean, he is a real, like, run stopper, force of nature that way. I love Bud Dupree. And, I mean, I think we saw him last year. He was kind of just reaching his potential when he finally when he hurt that knee. But that was a much-needed acquisition by the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, and it's easy to forget about that because we don't know what's going to happen with the knee, but they're comfortable with it. Obviously, they gave him a real contract, too, with guarantees into the second year. They're going all in because they know if he is healthy, they're going to have one hell of a pass rush. It's going to make that defense even better. All right, that's that's our draft for today. Let's take a break. We have a little time on the back end because there's some news that we want to try to unpack just a little bit. A, a new development on an old story that uh, that uh, to me is fairly intriguing. We'll talk about that when PFT Live continues right after this. Last month, Juwan James suffered a torn Achilles tendon while working out away from the Broncos facility. He was placed on the non-football injury list a week later, cut by the Broncos. With the deadline looming for filing a grievance, he has done so, seeking $15 million, we're told. The grievance was just filed within the past hour. Uh, and, uh, Chris, the, the argument is, is, is pretty simple. James is going to contend that he was working out as expressly and or implicitly authorized and or instructed by agents of the Broncos. And he was working out with a group of players, mentoring young players. This wasn't just Jawan James leaving the team facility to go off on his own and work out there at the behest of the union. This was a group of guys who were working out, mentoring young guys, and the injury happened there. And one of the other twists as well, James is going to try to prove that that the Broncos facility wasn't in compliance with Colorado COVID-19 guidelines. So that would be his reason for walking out. He opted out last year because of COVID. If they weren't in compliance with COVID protocols under the relevant local and state ordinances, then he's working out away from the team, doing the things that the team wants him to do, suffers his injury. It's not a non-football injury. He gets the $10 million guaranteed he was supposed to make this year and the $5 million in injury guarantees for next year. We'll see what happens, but he's started the process of trying to prove that he's entitled to that money. I'm going to be interested to see where this goes because, yeah, I mean, you know, the COVID thing's really interesting angle that I didn't think of. What I thought of right away when you said that, though, is the guy did show up there the first day the facility was open. He wasn't concerned right. about it then. And then he real, then he realized about the NFLPA stands and then didn't go. So that might not hold as much water with the fact that he showed up, 
Now, he could probably just say, I didn't feel comfortable and, and all that type of stuff, too. But I guess, Mike, I mean, we've discussed a lot. It's got to come down to some of the fine print, right? And that type of stuff, just like as far as like the letter that was sent out to the players. I think you brought it up, all that type of stuff. Yeah, great. You were working with guys and trying to do the right thing. But if they sent you a memo that said they're not responsible if you're not in the facility or have a team personnel person there watching you, I have a hard time thinking that he can win it that way. So that's where I'll I'll be interested. As we know, there's sometimes a disconnect between what's in writing and what is said. It could could become a battle of witnesses. He said, she said, they said, we said, who said what to Juwan James about whether and to what extent he, he was doing what the coaches wanted him to do. There's also another wrinkle here, and he's represented by the same guys who had Colin Kaepernick's collusion case. Ooh. It's not alleged yet, right? but you can, you can see between the lines, at least I can, that a collusion claim could be coming because the league sent out the memo pointing out after the injury, hey, this is a non-football injury. What did the Broncos do two days later? They called it an on-football injury, and that's all it takes. If the league says to the Broncos, do this, and they do it, that's collusion. That would double his damages. He could get up to $30 million, Chris. Yeah, there's a, so there's there's a lot of different angles to this. I'm, I'm really I'm going to be interested to see how this unfolds. This is kind of like uncharted waters to a degree. I'll be interested. And it's, you know, see between the lines. Come on, haven't you hung out with me enough? Read between the lines. If you want to go next I level, read between the you lines, read between I, the tea lines. I say tea leaves. You said see between the oh, lines. Oh, okay. Now I, mean, I got it. My now dumbness is wearing off on you. Come on. Yes. <laughs> Everybody have a great Monday. We'll see you back here tomorrow. See ya. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.